listening to the Marietta Seventh-day Adventist Church podcast. Today's message comes to us from Senior Pastor of Marietta Seventh-day Adventist Church, Matthew Smith. You may not know this, but we have a new employee working for our church. Here he is. I'll give you a picture of him. Michael Nambu, there he is, what a good looking dude. Some of you may know him. He just graduated from GCA, Georgia Kermelin Academy, and he is our new maintenance worker. And uh, it's been fun to get to know him. He's worked here for about two weeks. Um, He'll be here this summer, but then he's also going to go to school locally. I don't know if it's Kennesaw State or somewhere else. Um, And so we'll have him for longer than just a summer, and it's great to have him on board. It is so nice to have a full-time maintenance guy working 40 hours a week, getting tasks and projects done. Uh, he's here every day. You can count on him, 8.30 in the morning. He's clocking in. He's weed-eating. He's painting. He's making things look good around campus. And I, yeah, I, people have already told me, like, hey, it's looking good around here. Something's different. It's Michael Nambu. There he is. Uh, what I've really enjoyed about him is that... Uh, I've been able to work alongside him, and we work together, and I get to show him some cool stuff that I've learned over my 35 years of life. Uh, For instance, this last Tuesday, we were working in Miss Shuley's classroom. Actually, Shuley's one of our teachers in the school, and uh, she's moving classrooms. She's going from a classroom that had a whole wall full of cabinets and storage, and she's moving to the last room on the left. Some of you have Sabbath school in that room. And there's not a bit of storage in there. Uh, just this last year, we opened up a closet in that room. But again, it's just a wide open closet. And so this last week, uh, Michael and I began working on building some shelves in that room. Here's the, what the fun looked like. We walked into the room. We had a vision for what we wanted. We knew it needed to have 12-inch shelves that uh, could be 16 inches wide, just for the right things. We had the 2 by 4s we had the screws, we had the plywood, we had all the tools ready, and we began launching into this project. And over the course of that day, I got to show cool stuff to Michael. He'd never held a drill in his hand in his life before. He'd never screwed a screw with a screw gun. He, he, I showed him how to look down a board and see the crown in a board to know which side is up and down. Uh, I got to show him how to use a skill saw without cutting your fingers off. I still got 10. So does he. Uh, Oh, it was so much fun. I showed him how to use a tape measure and how every 16 inches on a tape measure there is some arrows that point to where a stud in a wall should be. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. This This is cool stuff that you only know if someone's taught you this. And everything that I showed Michael, somebody else had showed me. Everything that I know about working with my hands, I learned from someone else as they passed knowledge down to me, and it was so much fun this last Tuesday to pass it down to Michael. In fact, uh, I'll show you a picture of them. I know you're dying to see them. Here they are. Bam, there they are. Miss Shuley's storage. I'm pretty proud of it. Michael is too. In fact, yesterday, after, uh, after I'd gone home, he was still working here. Miss Shuley was in her, in her classroom, cleaning up things, trying to get organized, and Michael shows up with his good friend Sam Finelli. You know Ms. Finelli. She was up here several times this morning. Her son Sam. And uh, Michael says, Miss um, Shuley, is it okay if I show Sam what Pastor Matt and I built in the closet? He's proud of it. And because he's proud of it, I know one day he will show his son or someone else that he's working with 
how to use a screw gun and how to use a tape measure and how to build some shelves one day. He will pay it forward and pass it along. The blessing that I've got, I've given to him and he will give it on to someone else. Passing it along, paying it forward. I believe that God has called us to take the blessings he's given us and to give them to others. That blessings aren't meant to be kept, they're meant to be given. And I believe that as we pay it forward, we live the design of God for us as humans to pass on, be other-centered, be looking at others and how to give his blessings to others. It's hard to be other-centered. I, I, I believe that we're made by the Creator to be other-centered. And it's so hard in the life and the culture that we live in. Uh, so often Americans, especially in our, in our globe, in the world, we're so self-centered. You know it, I know it too. Uh, it's, we think that the world revolves around us to give us, to bless us. When the Christian, the God's design is to bless others and be other-centered. I mean, you think about how we live. It's hard to be other-centered and, and unselfish in a world where every cool gadget starts with the letter I. I mean, we can't even spell we without two I's. We take selfies nonstop because we're so concerned with what we look like. We buy selfie sticks to get better angles on what we look like. I mean, some of you guys' Insta games are amazing right now. I'm not going to call anybody out, but you know who you are. It's hard to be other-centered when everything in culture brainwashes us to be self-focused. And yet God's design is for us to be other-centered, to take the blessings he gives us and to give them to others. I love how Paul puts it in, in uh, Philippians. He says this, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Living for others. Not self, but for others. Taking the blessings God gives us to give them to others. Abraham in the Old Testament, before his name got changed to Abram, he got a special calling that God gave him. It's the same calling that he gives us too. And it's in Genesis. And you, don't, you, you can look it up in your Bibles if you'd like. I put it on the screen today. I'm cheating a little bit for you. Because we've got some stories at the end I want to get to. But uh, God gives this calling to Abram, the pay it forward calling. Here's what it sounds like in Genesis chapter 12. God says this to a 75-year-old man. He says this. The Lord has said to Abram, Leave your country. Leave your people, leave your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Uh, it's a cool uh, challenge to Abram. In fact, there's three parts to it that God gives him. He gives him the command... He gives him the promise, and he gives him the blessing. God commands him. He says, hey, leave your country. Leave your family. Leave your land. Leave everything that, for, that you're familiar with, and go. I have a place for you to go. I want you to leave. And as I think about that command, I'm challenged in my own life, and I bet you are too, because so often God calls us and challenges us and commands us to do things that sound ridiculous. Leave everything that you know, Leave everything that you're familiar with. Change everything about your, your existence. And God says, do it. 
I, I don't know. I, I don't know where you are in your life if you're at a place where you can give up everything that you know to follow a command that God gives you. And when it comes to God's calling for us to be a blessing to others, to pay it forward, uh, it's hard to follow that too. His calling to be other-centered is tough. It means you've got to give up a whole lot. For some of you, it means you stop doing this so that you can do this. Some of you, it might mean changing your budget as you're looking at the numbers each month and saying, maybe I can give more to other people. Maybe I set a little fund in the side. Uh, my family has one called a giving fund so that I can help people. It's just there for that. Now, for some of you, maybe it means that you change how you handle your time. That instead of working for the man, you are here to serve your fellow man. God's commands are sometimes intense and challenging, and they push us to uh, look like what his desire for humanity is. But when God commands us to, do, to be others-centered, he also comes with a promise, and that's what he did for Abram. He gave him the command. He said, leave everything that you know. i got a calling for you to go. But then he follows it with this promise. I like the promise. It's in there. He says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, it, curse them. Uh, God promises. He says, I'm going to bless you. And I feel like this promise is a little bit conditional, which, which makes me feel a little weird in this situation. It's almost like God says, if you go, then I will bless you. If you follow my commands, I will bless you, which sounds a whole lot like a prosperity gospel. If you do what God wants you to do, then he'll bless you. And I don't believe in that. And I don't think Abram does either. I don't think Abram says, okay, I'm going to go and, and, and drop everything that I know, everything that's familiar. I'm going to go so that God will bless me. I don't think that's how Abram did it. I think Abram said, I'm going to follow God's commands because he asked me to. And God follows up with this, this blessing that comes, this promise to him. Do you ever stop to think, before we even get there, let's get to the blessing part. We've got the command, we've got the promise, and we've got the blessing. God says to Abram, I will bless you. See if I'm hung up here. Try again. He says, I will bless you. And as he, uh, does he bless him? Oh, you better believe it. You know Abraham. He had a child. He had some more children. They had more children who had more children who had more children who continued to have more children. And you're some of them, really, right here. Um, he had lots of children. He had lots of land. Oh, he owned possessions like crazy. And in fact, he became famous, so famous that even still today on Friday mornings when we have chapel here from Carmen Evans School in the front few rows here, we sometimes sing a very active and very movement-filled song talking about Abraham. It's called Father Abraham. Have you sung that song before? He's famous for generations to come. In fact, he's so famous that through this lineage of Abraham, God was able to bring a blessing to humanity, Jesus. You ever think about the blessings that you have? I know so many of you do. I mean, when we pray, we think about it. At nights, when I'm going to sleep, Jennifer and I pray, and I almost always just thank God for the blessings that he gives me. And I don't know why he blesses me so much, but he's given me unbelievable kids, a beautiful wife. My family is awesome. I have a great job that I love serving and leading. 
I have everything that I need and, and everything that I want, really. And I think, why do you bless me so much, God? Do you stop and think about the blessings that He gives you? He blesses us so much more than we deserve, and we wonder why. Why does He bless us? And I think that Abram, as he gets this calling from God to go and receives this promise that he's going to be blessed, I think the reason why he's blessed is the most important part. It's at the end. God says, go. He says, I'll protect you. I'll bless you. And the last part is the key part, the whole part of this sermon where it says, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. It's almost like God says, go. I will bless you so that you will give the blessing to somebody else. I'm going to bless you so that you can pay it forward and give it, someone, give it to someone else, to pass the blessing along, to pay it forward. I wonder, how often does God ask us to be vulnerable, to step outside our comfort zone, so that He can bless us, so that we can bless others? I would suggest it happens way more than we even think or imagine. I think God gives us opportunities all the time to be blessings, whether that's with your time, your money, or your friendship, or something else. I think that it's a daily occurrence, but so often we are self-centered and think only of ourselves that we don't see the opportunities that God's given us. I think they're in front of us all the time. Several months ago, I was reading an article on the internet that had 45 pictures of people blessing others, paying it forward. And as I sat there and I looked at the pictures and read the captions, my eyes welled up with tears and I just sat there and wept in my office because it was so powerful and it connects so much with God's calling on our lives to be blessings to others and be other-centered. I'm not going to show you all 45 of them because that would take too long, but I did pick the top 11 and I bet you'll like this. Opportunities, people seizing opportunities to pay it forward to take the blessing they've received from God and passing it on to somebody else. Here's the first one. See if you like this one. A parking official doing his job sees someone in need and he passes on grace to them because he's experienced grace and wants to pay it forward. Here it is. The, the, the owner of the car writes, Dear parking official, we have lost our key. We're trying to find it. Otherwise, we have to go to get another one out of town. Please take pity. Here's what the ticket says. Driver, I sincerely hope you find your key. Consideration granted for today, June 11th, 2013. Cool. An opportunity in front of him to give the blessing that he's received and he passes it on to somebody else. That's a parking attendant that's in tune with God, that is other-centered, that realizes that he can pass God's blessing on and pay it forward. Here's another one. I love this one. Some of you college kids will connect with this. When an older woman needed to sit down, a kind college student who was blessed with youth and health decided to pay it forward and helped her out. Here they are. Aww. Isn't that cool? He says, you can take my back. You can sit on my back. That's awesome. That's someone that's paying it forward. Others-centered. I mean, you could be a punk and just stand in the elevator with your arms crossed, but he's not. He's on his hands and knees so the lady could have a seat. Here's another one. A young Egyptian girl who was blessed with education pays it forward and helps a street vendor's child learn how to read. I mean, we have education. Everybody in this room does at some level. I mean, how, how, do we take, how often do we take it for granted and, and don't share it with somebody else? How about this one? I saw this woman buy two meals at a street vendor and give this man one of the meals. 
She introduced herself and talked to him about his life. She was his equal and just wanted to express inclusion to a fellow human being. I mean, can you imagine how that guy feels as he sits there? She didn't just get him the cheapest meal. She got him a drink. I mean, there she is. She's in, in her nice clothes, sitting on a bag, sitting on the street. And he feels like a human being because she treats him like one. Paying it forward. Here's another one. Some anonymous donor helped a stranger with a midday treat. They wanted to pay it forward by blessing someone else with what they have been blessed with. I was talking to Pastor Luke this morning at first service. I think we've got to have a vending machine here in the church. I mean, wouldn't that be fun? We could, I mean, I don't know. I just think it'd be fun. I'm so, I'm so hungry at lunch sometimes. It'd be great. You could, you could pay it forward to us. This is great. <laughs> All right, next one. Let's keep going. All right, here's one. Someone who desperately needed tires got the surprise of a lifetime because someone paid it forward. Here's the letter. You do not know me, but I saw what you needed. I saw that you needed some tires for your truck, and I wanted to do something nice for a stranger because one day a stranger did the same for me. You get it? Somebody paid it forward to him. He's paying it forward to them. The receipt is in the envelope, and all you have to do is go buy warehouse tires on 3rd Street and ask for Stephen Hodges, and they will put them on for free. All I ask is that one day you do something nice for a complete stranger. Isn't that cool? This chain reaction, a blessing from God to somebody, you get passed on to somebody else, that gets passed on to somebody else, and the chain keeps going. It's this calling of passing it on. I missed this opportunity several years ago. In my neighborhood, we would walk our dog to the very bottom cul-de-sac and turn around and come back. And in that cul-de-sac was like a 1985 Honda Accord. It was the ugliest car you've ever seen. It had different colored doors. The back window was broken out, so when it would rain, it would just soak the interior in there. I saw the, the, the kid that drove it. He must have been 16 years old. And every time I would come to his car, I would see the steel belts in the tires poking out through the, the rubber. I mean, that's a death trap waiting to happen. And how many times did I pass that car and thought, huh, I should get him some tires. And then one day on my walk, I came down and he had new tires. Missed opportunity for me. In fact, uh, I'll throw this in there. It's not in my notes. Um, right now, we have a car that someone donated. Someone else picked it up, took it to their house, and has it running. They got it running yesterday, and it needs new tires. Just throwing this out there. That might be you. Just let me know if you don't want to help. Vending machine first, then tires. Just to get the order right. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Totally joking. All right, how about this one? A dry cleaner is paying it forward and blessing others with what they have been blessed with as they're cleaning people's clothes for free help them find a job. If you're unemployed and need an outfit cleaned for an interview, we'll clean it for free. How, how cool is that? It's what they have, it's their business, and they want to give it to somebody else to help them. Passing it on, paying it forward. Here's another one. This 82-year-old barber brings clippers to the park to give people a shave. He only charges a hug. He's paying it forward to help others. That's cool. It's his skill that he has, and he gives it to somebody else. Here's another one. A world-class marathon runner slows down to help a disabled man drink water. She could be focused on winning and racing, but instead she's others-focused. Isn't that awesome? I mean, she probably could win the race, and yet she stops to help this guy. That's awesome. Two more. During, a harsh, during harsh weather, this police officer purchased boots for a shoeless, homeless man. That's cool. And yet this one gets one-upped by this one here. A man on a bus gave a homeless man the shoes off his own feet. Wow, that's self-sacrifice. That's giving, uh, not out of your abundance, but giving from what you have. It's powerful. These people are paying it forward in real, 
practical ways. They're seeing their calling to exist for others, to take the blessings that God's given them, to bless others with them. They are paying it forward. In 2013, six years ago, it doesn't feel like it, I got to compete and complete Ironman Louisville. What a, what a long day that was, longest day of my life, and that's the skinniest I've ever been in my adult life. <laughs> I, I think I lost about 15 pounds that day, and I was 155, which is well below what I am now. Let's just leave it at that. The, uh, the swim portion was awesome, 2.4-mile swim and a nasty river, but it was great. Then the bike portion, 112 miles, was absolutely brutal. And when I got off the bike and went into this changing tent, there's two tents there, uh, the one on the right is for the women, the one on the left is for the men, and when I got into this tent, it was 100 degrees outside and it's 110 inside, and I sat down on an empty chair, it was muddy inside, and I had my bag, with transition bag, you've got running clothes and running shoes and all sorts of stuff, and I, I changed, got all my stuff on, and I just sat down in a chair because I didn't want to go outside the tent to start the 26.2 mile marathon after that. And I just sat there for 15 minutes just not wanting to go. And as I sat there, there's, there's people that are, are moaning. Uh, there was a guy right next to me. This is kind of gross, but he was throwing up into cups and setting them on the chairs one after another. Uh, people are dehydrated. They're just, they're just exhausted. Uh, there's volunteers that are around the tent trying to bring you water or whatever you need. And as I was ready to leave the tent, a, a male... Uh, volunteer rushes into the tent and he yells to the other volunteers not to the other racers but to the volunteers and he says does anyone have a size eight right side shoe some girl who trained a year for this race the race of her life she may never ever do another iron man again somehow in her uh transition bag she only got her left shoe and can you imagine after she swims the swim after she bikes the bikes after she's exhausted she comes into the changing tent and she gets her clothes on and she finds out she's missing a shoe and she's got to face a 26.2 mile marathon i can only imagine her tears streaming down her face as she realizes that this is not going to happen one of the volunteers in the, the female volunteers in the female tent realizes what's happening and so she rushes out and gets a hold of a male volunteer who runs into the male tent and says, does anyone have a size 8 right side shoe? Well, no racer's going to give up their shoe. They've got to do it too. And so one of the volunteers, without even thinking, drops down to his knees and takes off his right side shoe. It's brand new, clean probably paid $100 for that set. That's $50 he just took off. And he hands it to this volunteer who takes it to the female volunteer who takes it to the, the, the racer in the tent. And I think about that guy that took off his shoe. That's others-centered. He may never get his shoe back. And if he does, it's going to have some woman's stinky, smelly, wet, slimy foot in there. Probably going to be lopsided. One shoe's got 26 more miles on it than the other one. He might not want it back. I don't know. But that's other-centered. Existing for others. Taking the blessings that God's given you and passing them on to others. What are the blessings that God's given you? 
What are the divine appointments that God puts in your life every day? Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's just your family. What are the opportunities that you have to pay it forward? My prayer is that God will continue to bless you as you pass the blessings on to others. May we have eyes to see and ears to hear the opportunities that God puts in our life so that we can pay it forward. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, this morning I'm, I'm challenged by the gifts and the blessings that you give me. May we, our church, each family, each person here, be more other-centered and take those blessings and give them away freely just as you give them to us. God, we love you and we can't wait to see you. In Jesus' name. hope you were inspired by today's message, and we would love to hear from you. If you would like to contact one of our pastors, find out more about what we believe, or for information about our service times in Marietta, Georgia, please visit www.mariettaadventist.org. If you were inspired by today's message, please share it with your friends. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are available.